Part 2, Chapters 11 and 12 of Democracy in America, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by HearHis.com. Democracy in America, Volume 2 by Alexis de Tocqueville. Translated by Henry Reeve, Part 2, Chapter 11. Peculiar Effects of the Love of Physical Gratifications in Democratic Ages It may be supposed, from what has just been said, that the love of physical gratifications must constantly urge the Americans to irregularities in morals, disturb the peace of families, and threaten the security of society at large. Such is not the case. The passion for physical gratifications produces in democracies effects very different from those which it occasions in aristocratic nations. It sometimes happens that, wearied with public affairs and sated with opulence, admits the ruin of religious belief and the decline of the state, the heart of an aristocracy, may by degrees be seduced to the pursuit of sensual enjoyments only. At other times, the power of the monarch or the weakness of the people, without stripping the nobility of their fortune, compels them to stand aloof from the administration of affairs, and whilst the road to mighty enterprise is closed, abandons them to the inquietude of their own desires. They then fall back heavily upon themselves and seek in the pleasures of the body oblivion of their former greatness. When the members of an aristocratic body are thus exclusively devoted to the pursuit of physical gratifications, they commonly concentrate in that direction all the energy which they derive from their long experience of power. Such men are not satisfied with the pursuit of comfort. They require sumptuous depravity and splendid corruption. The worship they pay the senses is a gorgeous one and they seem to vie with each other in the art of degrading their own natures. The stronger, the more famous, and the more free an aristocracy has been, the more depraved will it then become, and however brilliant may have been the luster of its virtues, I dare predict that they will always be surpassed by the splendor of its vices." The taste for physical gratifications leads a democratic people into no such excesses. The love of well-being is there displayed as a tenacious, exclusive, universal passion, but its range is confined. To build enormous palaces, to conquer or to mimic nature, to ransack the world in order to gratify the passions of man, is not thought of. But to add a few roods of land to your field, to plant an orchard, to enlarge a dwelling, to be always making life more comfortable and convenient, to avoid trouble, and to satisfy the smallest wants without effort and almost without cost, these are small objects, but the soul clings to them. It dwells upon them closely and day by day, till they at last shut out the rest of the world and sometimes intervene between itself and heaven. This, it may be said, can only be applicable to those members of the community who are in humble circumstances, 
wealthier individuals will display tastes akin to those which belong to them in aristocratic ages i contest the proposition in point of physical gratifications the most opulent members of a democracy will not display tastes very different from those of the people whether it be that springing from the people they really share those tastes or that they esteem it a duty to submit to them in democratic society the sensuality of the public has taken a moderate and tranquil course to which all are bound to conform it is as difficult to depart from the common rule by one's vices as by one's virtues rich men who live amidst democratic nations are therefore more intent on providing for their smallest wants than for their extraordinary enjoyments they gratify a number of petty desires without indulging in any great irregularities of passion thus they are more apt to become inebriated than debauched the especial taste which the men of democratic ages entertain for physical enjoyments is not naturally opposed to the principles of public order nay it often stands in need of order that it may be gratified nor is it adverse to regularity of morals for good morals contribute to public tranquillity and are favorable to industry it may even be frequently combined with a species of religious morality men wish to be as well off as they can in this world without foregoing their chance of another some physical gratifications cannot be indulged in without crime from such they strictly abstain the enjoyment of others is sanctioned by religion and morality to these the heart the imagination and life itself are unreservedly given up till in snatching at these lesser gifts men lose sight of those more precious possessions which constitute the glory and the greatness of mankind the reproach i address to the principle of equality is not that it leads men away in the pursuit of forbidden enjoyments but that it absorbs them wholly in quest of those which are allowed by these means a kind of virtuous materialism may ultimately be established in the world which would not corrupt but enervate the soul and noiselessly unbend its springs of action democracy in america volume two by alex de tocqueville translated by henry reeve part two chapter twelve causes of fanatical enthusiasm in some americans although the desire of acquiring the good things of this world is the prevailing passion of the american people certain momentary outbreaks occur when their souls seem suddenly to burst the bonds of matter by which they are restrained and to soar impetuously toward heaven in all the states of the union but especially in the half-peopled country of the far west wandering preachers may be met with who hawk about the word of god from place to place whole families old men women and children cross rough passes and untrodden wilds coming from a great distance to join a camp meeting 
where they totally forget for several days and nights in listening to these discourses the cares of business and even the most urgent wants of the body here and there in the midst of american society you meet with men full of a fanatical and almost wild enthusiasm which hardly exists in europe from time to time strange sects arise which endeavor to strike out extraordinary paths to eternal happiness religious insanity is very common in the united states nor ought these facts to surprise us it was not man who implanted in himself the taste for what is infinite and the love of what is immortal those lofty instincts are not the offspring of his capricious will their steadfast foundation is fixed in human nature and they exist in spite of his efforts he may cross and distort them destroy them he cannot the soul has wants which must be satisfied and whatever pains be taken to divert it from itself it soon grows weary restless and disquieted amidst the enjoyments of sense if ever the faculties of the great majority of mankind were exclusively bent upon the pursuit of material objects it might be anticipated that an amazing reaction would take place in the souls of some men they would drift at large in the world of spirits for fear of remaining shackled by the close bondage of the body it is not then wonderful if in the midst of a community whose thoughts tend earthward a small number of individuals are to be found who turn their looks to heaven i should be surprised if mysticism did not soon make some advance amongst a people solely engaged in promoting its own worldly welfare it is said that the deserts of the thebad were peopled by the persecutions of the emperors and the massacres of the circus i should rather say that it was by the luxuries of rome and the epicurean philosophy of greece if their social condition their present circumstances and their laws did not confine the minds of the americans so closely to the pursuit of worldly welfare it is probable that they would display more reserve and more experience whenever their attention is turned to things immaterial and that they would check themselves without difficulty but they feel imprisoned within bounds which they will apparently never be allowed to pass as soon as they have passed these bounds their minds know not where to fix themselves and they often rush unrestrained beyond the range of common sense. End of part two, chapter twelve. Recording by hearhis.com.